take your copy of God's Word and be finding the book of Jeremiah. We'll be there in just a little bit. Jeremiah. I want to ask you a question as we get started today. Don't answer out loud, but think about it in your heart. Think about it in your mind. Think about it personally. Don't think about anybody else when I ask you this question. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life going? That's not always a question we like people to ask us. I mean, it seems a lot of people do not feel real good about their prayer lives. Um, a lot about our prayer life can make us feel a little uncomfortable, nervous, want to shift around in our seats, adjust our collar, clear our throats. When somebody were to ask us the question like that, how is your prayer life going? It's a tough question. Uh, perhaps maybe you might say that's a little personal. Um, it's none of your business how my prayer life is going. Well, Listen, feelings of guilt can surface really quickly when that question is asked. Why? Because prayerlessness, not praying, is a sin. So how is that a sin? Well, God told us to pray, and if we don't pray, we disobey God, and disobeying God is sin. Prayerlessness, beloved, really is pride and arrogance on display. Um, it says without any words that we are self-sufficient, we can handle things on our own. We're wise enough. We're smart enough. We have all the resources we need. We don't need God's input. We don't need God's intervention. We don't need God's direction. Now, none of us would verbalize that. None of us would say that out loud, but we don't have to. Because if we are prayerless, our prayerlessness says it for us. That we are self-sufficient. We don't need God. And we don't need His help. And I know that's not your heart. And it's not my heart when it comes to lack of prayer. Now, listen. I don't want to make anybody feel worse than they already do about their prayer life if you do feel bad about it. In fact, I want to encourage you today. I want to help you. I want to inspire you to pray like you never have before. So, can, so we, if we can do that today, I want us to deal with stuff right up front. If you're burdened down, if you have guilt, if, if you realize that things are not right in your prayer life, I want to clear the deck, smooth the way, provide a clear stage for today's teaching. Because I want us to leave here ready to pray, eager to pray, inspired to pray, excited about praying. But before we can do that, I think we need to deal with anything that's not right in our prayer life. So we're going to give kind of an invitation right at the beginning. Now don't get too excited because we don't want you to leave after this. Because uh, I've got a lot more to tell you. But what I want to do is I just want to take a moment. And I want to allow all of us to just take a moment and talk to the Father about our prayer life. Now listen, if you've got a fantastic prayer life, if you're a prayer warrior and you feel really good about your prayer life, then you pray for the rest of us during this time, okay? But if you're struggling or maybe you say, you know what, I, I, I haven't been praying like I ought to. Now's the time we're going to go to the Father. He says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse from all unrighteousness. And so if you haven't been praying, here's an opportunity to pray. And really get right, because I really want us to have a, a clear path ahead of us for the next few minutes. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to give you a moment, give myself a moment, and just talk to the Father. If, if you need to confess, get right, whatever it is you need to do when it comes to your prayer life, I want you to do it right now. And then I'll close, and then we'll keep going, all right? Take a moment right now and talk to the Father about talking to the Father. Father, thank you for your love and your forgiveness. And when we mess up, you don't cast us off. You deal with us 
Bring us back into fellowship with Yourself. And I pray for the next few minutes that You will help me to really preach Your Word and to share with these precious people what You've laid upon my heart. And Lord, we'll leave here excited, inspired, and ready to pray like we never have before. And I do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all ready? I told the deacons at our meeting this past Thursday night that we need to pray like we've never prayed before. I need prayer. Our church needs prayer. Our country needs prayer. Our world needs prayer. Um, you know, as a church, we're facing things we never faced before. We're making decisions about things we've never had to decide about. Uh, we're really seeking God's face about what God wants for this local body of believers, what God wants for Red Hill Baptist Church. Our country needs prayer. I mean, it doesn't take long, does it? You can look around, turn on the news, look at the newspaper, whatever, to realize we need to pray like we never have before. Men and women of God need to get on their faces before God and cry out for God's mercy and help. I need wisdom. Maybe you feel that way too. And so I told them on Thursday night, I've been claiming James 1.5. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it, will, and it will be given to him. And maybe you need that in your own life. Maybe you're facing some crossroads. Maybe the pandemic has changed some things. Maybe you're looking at all kinds of uh, different things and hard things in your life. And you need wisdom. Well, God says and promises in His Word, He will give wisdom. I need wisdom. I need it personally. I need it in leading my family and leading this flock. Maybe you feel that way. And so if you get my uh, email newsletter I sent out, if you looked at this past week, if you do get it, I said in there that I'm calling our church back to the basics of the Word of God and prayer. I'm calling us back to those basics. Um, in all the doom and gloom of our world, and I think that's a good way to describe things right now, doom and gloom. I mean, you turn it on the news. It's all doom and gloom. We need to hear from God. We need Jesus. We need the voice of truth. We need a light shining in the darkness. We need to hear the Word and heed the Word and hide the Word of God in our hearts. And so that brings us to today. As you see on the screen before you, we're beginning a brand new sermon series today. As we call the church back to the Word and call the church back to prayer, we're going to be talking about verses you need to know. So let me introduce the series first. We'll talk about prayer a little bit later in the sermon itself. But verses you need to know. What we're going to do is we're going to take one verse each week. And we're going to look at that verse and we're going to study it through and unpack it together. And I'm encouraging you as we do that to do two th at least two things with the verse. And that is I want you to memorize the verse and meditate on the verse. Now hear me out. You'll be amazed what God can do in your life if you'll take the scripture and hide it in your heart. And think about it. Uh, we're going to take one of the great verses of the Bible and I want to unpack it and study it on Sunday and then I want you to live with it throughout the week. I want you to take the verse and I want you to post it out, write it on the card, put it on the dashboard of your car, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your bathroom mirror, uh, put it on your cell phone home screen, share it on social media, read it over and over. And every day just continue to think about that verse let that verse speak to you. Let God use that verse to change you and mold you and shape you. To let it be a word of encouragement and all the negativity that you deal with every day, all the time. To have the voice of truth speaking to you. 
And as we're calling the church to prayer, I think it just makes sense to start with a verse on prayer. Does that make sense? To start with a verse on prayer. And so I was seeking the Lord, thinking about what verse do we start with? I mean, these are verses you need to know. Think about all the verses in the Bible. How do you narrow it down to the ones you really need to know? Well, I'm thinking about right now where we're living. And I think about what we're going through right now. And this verse came to my mind and came to my heart this past week. And I thought, that is it. And you may already know it. Or it may be a new one to you. It's not real long. So if you want to try to memorize it, by the way, you'll just keep reading it all week. You'll eventually get it anyway. But it's the verse in the book of Jeremiah. It's a verse of prayer. And it's Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And the Bible says there, Call to Me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. It's on the screen in front of you. Would you read it out loud with me? Call to Me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Uh, That verse is a preacher's dream. It's already uh, divided into three parts. Call to Me. I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But before we study it, you might be thinking, wait a minute now, does this apply to us? I mean, that's a a verse that God gave to the prophet Jeremiah. He said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, call to me, and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. So does that really apply to us? Well, I believe, beloved, you can rest easy. I believe it applies to us. Why? Because if you look at the New Testament counterpart, or at least one of the New Testament counterpart. Uh, scriptures, Matthew 7, 7-11, the Bible says, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Can you imagine that? Your boy wants bread. You give him a rock. Even worse, your son asks for a fish, and you give him a serpent. You give him a snake. And he says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Put it another way, call to Me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, there are three amazing truths that we find in Jeremiah 33, 3. Jeremiah 33, 3. Three amazing truths. You can think about that. It's divided into three. It's got three amazing truths. And it's verse 3. And it's chapter 33. So maybe you can remember the verse, right? Jeremiah 33, 3. Three amazing truths present themselves. Number one, God wants to hear from us. God says, call me. Now think about that for a moment. When someone says to you, call me, I don't know how much people say that anymore. They want you to text them now. It's less intrusive and it's a little bit easier. But if somebody says, call me, what are they saying to you? They're giving you an invitation into their life. They're giving you an invitation to have some of their attention. In fact, they're giving you part of their life when they say, hey, call me. They truly mean that, call me. And God says, call to me. Now, honestly, I think we've lost the wonder of prayer. This is an amazing thing. God invites us, encourages, yea, commands us here to call to Him. We're given an audience with God. 
Now, regardless of your political leanings or thoughts or persuasion, an audience with the governor, an audience with the president is, a, uh, is an honor to be able to have time with someone in a position of authority. But imagine this. We're not given just an invitation to someone in authority. We're given an invitation to the authority. An audience with the one who is the sovereign ruler of the universe, God Almighty Himself, says, listen, I want to hear from you. Now process that for a moment. We've lost the wonder of prayer. Prayer is just something we do. You know, it's kind of like something we go through. We're at church, we've got to pray. We pray at the beginning, pray at the end. Have a meeting, pray at the beginning, pray at the end. Have Sunday school, pray at the end, and pray at the beginning. If we're going to eat anything else, just pray. Listen, beloved, you're not just saying words. You're talking to the ruler of the universe, the Creator, God Almighty. But even greater than that, think about this. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't, friend, come to Him today. I'd love to talk with you more about that after the service. If you're not sure He's your Lord and Savior today. But if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't just come to the ruler of the universe. You come to your loving Heavenly Father. And your Heavenly Father says to you, I want to hear from you. Now, I know we talk about God being our Father. That strikes people differently. If you had a good Father, maybe it's an easy thing. Uh, if you had a Father that maybe was absent or abusive, that's a very hard thing sometimes to hear that God is your Father. But listen, I want to just assure you today that no matter what happened in your life, if you're struggling with that, Maybe your earthly father failed you in some way. Can I just remind you today that God is perfect. He will never fail you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave. He'll never let you down. And you can come to Him because He loves you. And your Heavenly Father says, I want to hear from you. Call me. I want to hear from you. It's incredible, beloved, because God already knows everything. We can't enlighten Him. We can't go to God and say, by the way, God, I don't know if you have, if you've heard yet or not. He's already heard. He already knows. We can't enlighten Him in any way, but He still longs to spend time with us. Why? Because there's more to prayer than just asking for things. Yes, that's part of prayer, but there's more to prayer. Prayer is a communion. It's spending time together. It's being together. Like you would want to be together with a loved one. Just, just togetherness. You don't have to talk sometimes or ask for Just being together. And God wants you to be with Him. He desires for you to speak to Him, to talk to Him, and tell Him what's on your heart. If it's a care for you, it's a care for Him. You can pray about all kinds of things. You say, well, I don't know if God wants to hear about that. He does. And be honest with Him when you pray. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Well, listen, if you struggle with that thought, go read the Psalms. And look at how the Psalms... Look at how David just poured out his heart to God. We always come reverently, but we ought to come honestly. If you're angry about something, tell it. If you're frustrated, if you're irritated, if, if you're having a rough day, go, and of course reverently because He's God, but go and let Him know exactly what's on your heart. Because He loves you and He wants to hear from you. If you get nothing else, realize that today. God wants to hear from you. If you check out for the rest of the message, I hope you'll take that truth with you today. God wants to hear from me. That's an amazing thing. Why would He want to hear from us? We fail, we fumble, we mess up, we sin against Him, we drop, we don't stand for Him as we, we don't do what we ought to do at times. And yet He says, I love you. I love you. I want to hear from you. Call to me. It's amazing. But it's not done. The verse goes on. 
I mean, it's enough to say God, uh, God says to us, call to me. But notice the next part of the verse. Not only does God want to hear from us, God wants to answer us. Call to me and I will answer you. That's better than we get with a lot of people, isn't it? We call somebody, they don't answer. We text somebody, they don't answer. We email them, they don't answer. We wave at them, they don't answer. We scream at them, they don't answer. We we just, we try, but God says, listen, if you call me, I'll answer. But here's what I remind you of, and I want you to lean in and listen real careful for a little bit. He says, I will answer you, but you've got to understand something, Christian. The answer you get may or may not be what you expected. God has various ways of answering our prayers. Let me walk you through some of those ways. Sometimes you have a prayer request and you pray to God and you ask Him for something, a situation, an item, or whatever it may be, and the answer is yes. It may happen immediately, it may happen quickly, but you pray for something and God says yes. Can I just tell you, those are fun times. Those are exciting times. I mean, we love those times. I mean, you talk about bolstering your faith. I mean, you you pray and God answers your prayer specifically. You're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I mean, God has heard me. God has answered me. God is alive. Hallelujah. I prayed and He answered. He gave me exactly what I asked for. Hallelujah. God has answered my prayer. And sometimes God says yes. And sometimes He says yes very quickly. But then we pray. And sometimes God says something else. He doesn't say yes. He says, not yet. Wait. Mm. We don't like that. So the answer is not no, but it's wait, not yet. Well, why? Well, sometimes the timing's wrong. Sometimes we're wrong in some area. Sometimes God's got to work a little bit more on us or a little bit more on whatever. The timing's not right. But in some way, the answer is not no, but it's wait. And we don't like that. In fact, it might be the hardest answer of all. Because I haven't met a lot of people that like to wait. Do you like to wait? But God in His wisdom says wait. And sometimes we struggle with that. Now sometimes we call out to God and He says yes. And sometimes He says not yet. But sometimes we don't get what we ask for. We actually get something better. That is, we pray about something and God in His grace and His kindness and His mercy, He hears our prayers, He sees our heart, and He says, you know what, I hear your prayers, I see your heart, but here's what you really need. Here's what you really want. And maybe you've experienced that in your life. You prayed about something and God didn't just say no. He says, no, I actually have something better for you. And He gives you that. And it may take a little bit of time for you to recognize it, but looking back, eventually, usually, I think, You look back and say, you know what? I prayed for that, but God did that, and I'm so grateful He did. He gave me something better. But then sometimes we pray. Now listen, we pray, and we ask God, and we we might beg God, and we pray, and we plead, maybe for a week or a month or a year, and God says no. We've got to remember that no is an answer. No. But why would a loving God say to a child that he loves, no, 
Why would God say no to a loving child? To his loving child? Well, he says no because he's a loving God. Those of you who are parents, there are things that your child may ask for. And if you know that that thing that they're asking for is going to harm them or hurt them or kill them because you love them, what are you going to say? No. And we wrestle with that. And we wonder exactly what God is doing. What I'm trying to say is sometimes we just don't get it right when we pray. We just don't get it right. It reminds me of a pastor. And uh, he asked this congregation um, if they had any special needs concerning prayer. Are there any, anyone have a special prayer need today? And Bubba was there that day. And, and Bubba raised his hand and said, I do. And the pastor invited Bubba down to the front of the church. And he's talked with Bubba. And he's there. And he said, well, Bubba, what do you need prayer for? And Bubba said, I need prayer for my hearing. And so the pastor, in the midst of this service, he stops the service. He begins to pray for Bubba. Other precious believers, you know, there's always prayer warriors. And they came forward and they began to pray for Bubba and pray for his hearing. And finally, when they were done praying, they said, Amen. The pastor, you know, he's he's praying in faith. He says, so how's your hearing now? And Bubba said, I don't know. It's not till Wednesday. I can tell that it's just very slow <laughs> rolling in. We just get it wrong. We're passionate. We think we're praying right. We're praying for His hearing. But it's the wrong hearing. You know, some of you may have stopped praying a long time ago because somewhere in your past you really asked God for something and God didn't answer the way you wanted And you decided that you're done with prayer. And you're done with God. i got to remind you today, beloved, and I want to encourage you. God is perfect in His knowledge. He sees everything. The Bible says His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways higher than our ways. He sees it all at the same time. He knows every detail. And you can trust Him to always answer in the right way at the right time. Uh, my daily desk calendar, which has a lot of scripture for the day, today's, this morning's verse, is 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one. It starts, as for God, His way is perfect. And you might be angry at God right now. You prayed and God didn't answer you. You prayed and your loved one still died. You prayed and it didn't get well. You prayed and the situation didn't go the way you wanted. And you might be angry right now and bitter. Can I just encourage you to go to God and tell Him that? And I mean really go to Him and say, Lord, I prayed and this is what happened. You know what happened. And I'm angry and I'm bitter and I'm hurting. And just allow God to work in your life and touch your life and get you back into a right fellowship with Him. I like what the old evangelist Vance Havner said. He said, prayer may not get us what we want, but it will teach us to want what we need. We've got to hurry to the third one and wrap this up. God wants to help us. Now, you might wonder why I worded it that way, but you'll understand in a moment, I think. Look at the verse again, Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me. God wants to hear from us. And I will answer you. God wants to answer us. 
And then God wants to help us and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And the original has the idea of great and mighty there is the sense that you cannot know these things unless God reveals them to you. There are some things that are not going to come except through prayer. Now, I need to tell you why I worded it that way, because I've got to word it in a lot of different ways. Why did I say God wants to help us? Well, I want you to back up a verse or two and realize where Jeremiah is when he gets this promise. Look at verse 1 of Jeremiah 33 and verse 2. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was shut up in the court of the what? The prison. This word came to him in prison. Saying, thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, struggling along. He's in bondage and he says, he hears from God, call to me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things, but you cannot know any other way. And if you keep reading in Jeremiah 33, God begins to show Jeremiah a picture of what's coming in the future. And he showed him great and mighty things, which he could not know any other way. And beloved, there are some things that are only going to come through prayer. And as I told you before, I'm calling our church to 21 days of prayer. Now, the first couple of chapters in this book are general chapters on prayer. I encourage you to read them. But the actual prayer chapters begin, the day-to-day section begins on page 31. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about intimacy with God. We're going to be on the same page praying. And you'll notice when you get through the end of that chapter, it's very short, on page 34, you're going to begin to list out requests. There's a request there for your pastor and his family. And you're going to find that a lot in this book. And and I'm I'm just going to ask you, would you pray for us? I I need your prayers. It's going to be a place there to pray for your church, a place to pray for your family, a a place to pray for your job and finances. And there's other ones you can do. And by the way, there are resources, audio resources on our church website. If you'll go there, they're all listed there every day. There's a prayer. You can go there. If you pull up on your phone, it'll try to send you to another app. Just just click off of that, block out that little orange bar, and right there on our webpage, you can listen to a prayer every day. You can pray along. And we'll go from theme to theme. Tomorrow's intimacy with God. And we're going to cry out to God for 21 days as a church family. And let me just encourage you, by the way, if you miss a day, or maybe I should word it this way, when you miss a day, don't give up. Don't we do that so often? I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to re- read through the Psalms. And we do really well for the first week. Like we get to about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Then the 24th day we oversleep and we miss that day. And then we say, oh well, I tried. No, just pick it up on day 25 or 26 or whatever if you're reading through the Bible. On this, if you miss day 10, come back and join us on verse uh, uh, day 11. So take a book and pray with us. We'll be talking about that in the days to come. Now back to this verse and we're going to close. Do you understand just how great prayer really is and this prayer promise is? God wants to hear from you. God wants to answer you. And God wants to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But here's the, here's the kicker. Now listen. We've got to do the first part. If we don't do the first part, then we shouldn't expect the next parts. There's three parts. The first part's ours. Call to me. The next two are God's. I, God, will answer you. I, God, will show you great and mighty things which you do not know.
It's a conditional promise. But if you don't fulfill the first part, don't expect God to fulfill the second part. I don't know how many of you know of a man by the name of Charles Fuller. Many, many years ago, he was one of our first nationwide radio evangelists. He had a program called the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. You may have heard of that. You may have heard the Old Fashioned Revival Hour Quartet. Was it Rudy Atwood, their pianist, I think? But in 1932, Charles and Grace Fuller, they were overwhelmed with pressure. Their young son at the time was near death. He was suffering from pneumonia. Remember, it's 1932. The Great Depression had wiped out their financial support. And Charles was seeking desperately uh, ways to remain solvent. He was forced to sell off his valuable orange groves. They went through the wife's inheritance just to meet the bills. And then to complicate matters even further, his wife Grace faced major surgery. And Charles himself was forced from his pastorate. I mean, blow after blow after blow after blow. And it didn't stop because a severe earthquake struck their home in Southern California. And their financial woes multiplied. Grace felt that she could stand the strain no longer. And so she cried out to God for help. She entered her husband's study and she opened a book of sermons by Charles Spurgeon. And she found a message that Charles Spurgeon had preached 70 years later from a text that you might be familiar with. It was a text, a uh, sermon on Jeremiah 33, 3. She later said that God lifted her burden so remarkably that when Charles returned from another hard day with the lawyers trying to find a way to ward off bankruptcy, she was able to tell him, now remember, their son's near death, an earthquake hit their home, he's lost his pastorate, she's got major surgery. But after that sermon, listen to what she said, and I quote, Never mind how black things look now. God has assured me that he has great and mighty things in store for us in the future Things which we can't even imagine now. Well, beloved, as time passed, Charles and Grace Fuller traced in that moment the faint beginnings of their work to come. An incredible ministry of radio and evangelism and education and touching lives, thousands upon thousands of lives for Christ. And ever after, Charles would pen this verse under his signature. And it became their life verse. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You see, beloved, the Fullers chose to put this verse into practice. What are you going to choose? It's up to you. I hope and I pray today that you will begin the greatest season of prayer ever in your life and that we will begin the greatest season ever in the life of our church of calling out to God and saying, God, show us great and mighty things which we do not know. Call to Him and He will answer you. Father, Thank you for this precious promise. An awesome word. 
an awesome invitation for us to speak to you and for you to answer and show us great and mighty things. Father, do a work in us that only you can do. Do a work in this place that only you can do. I pray for there to be great and mighty things accomplished in the next 21 days in the lives of these precious people, their families, their jobs, their, their influence, this church, that, Lord, you would work in a mighty way. And, Lord, help us in everything that you do to always say to God be the glory. He's doing it. God is at work. Help us to receive the invitation today and act upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the mighty things that God does is save. And uh, maybe one of the prayer requests you want to pray during this 21 days, maybe there's a loved one upon your heart that needs to be saved. Well, he's mighty to save. And maybe there's a mountain in your life that you feel like just can't get moved. He can move it. So think about that as we stand and sing in closing, my dear to stay. Stand together and sing.